Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. Those of you who are sixth grade and below, you are excused to celebrate with Miss Pam. No review this morning. So the test comes to you adults. What's the purple candle stand for? I just saw somebody's like, oh no. I'm just teasing. Uh, the kids are going to go back and have a good time. Miss Pam enjoys uh, the year end party that she puts on for the kids. So I was told I can go extra long today. And then they'll be sent home with lots of sugar in them as well. So. My name is Pastor Aaron Varner. I have the wonderful privilege of being a pastor here at West Hill, and uh, we're thankful. I'm thankful that you're here today, thankful that we have this wonderful opportunity in the freedom of our country to come and worship the Lord, uh, that God's blessed us with this great facility as well, and he's given us uh, great freedom and great luxury. And uh, so I'm appreciative of Andrew and his crew. Andrew's fighting a, a bad cold um, Susan's at home um, fighting it too, and so he just kind of pushed through it this morning. I said, just just let Emily, Emily will carry us. I'm like, she's got two of her, so there's more there to carry. So um, I'm excited this morning to be able to kind of take us on an adventure, kind of to review this past year. And if you weren't with us this last year, that's okay. Um, I'm not going to uh, even take a minute for each series or each Sunday, because if I took a minute for each Sunday, um, yeah, that's a lot. Even if I take out our missions, uh, the the seven times that we had missionaries in through this past year, um, it would still be a lot of weeks, and yet I want to kind of highlight some of that. Um, Pastor David and I have put together... Um, the banners, we put them up here for you. Um, the verse of the month that we had each each month that were out in the foyer, um, we left VBS out um, that week of VBS so we could have put it if we had another column. Um, but then we also put one of them out in the foyer, and that's a verse that I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, kind of the main thrust of where we're headed as a church um, in Psalm 96. Um, But I hope that you'll take a minute. You might not be able to read them up close, or you have to go up close to read them. You might not be able to read them from far away. But I think it's good to to review. I think it's really good for us. And I hope that the verse of the month that we put in the bulletin each month and that we have out in the foyer isn't just something that you quickly glance through. It's, it, it, there's a purpose behind that, and it's to incorporate that, getting that into our hearts, uh, hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. And so to use that to help encourage us and uh, help us to recall in times of temptation or struggles or doubt that we can have God's word there. And so let me encourage you, um, if you're making New Year's resolutions, that maybe you incorporate memorizing scripture uh, as part of that. I think that's an important part of our lives. Um, there's a really cool app that, uh, that I've been using, and it's called Bible Memory. And so you can download that and use that. It's really cool. It's really simple. It pops up on my phone uh, every day just as a, um, it, it reminds me of verses. And then I can plug in. Uh, I can set it however I want, whether I want all blanks or a few blanks and a few words. 
Um, depends on how well I know the verse and as I'm reviewing. But just another tool. We are blessed with tools, are we not? And I think sometimes we get lazy and we come up with excuses. And so if you tell me any time this year that you are too old and that your mind doesn't work so you can't memorize scripture, I want you to use that excuse with God first, okay, before you tell me. And I think that we, um, I can remember a lot of things, especially when it comes to sports. And Lisa reminds me of that. She's like, how do you remember that? And then I forget other very important dates or other times that I shouldn't. So maybe you're there. Um, but we want to review today. I'm excited to walk through with you. Um, so let's think back for a moment. If you think back to this year, um, 2019, I want you just to think um, you don't have to say it out loud, but just to think about one thing that stands out to you that you really, really enjoyed. What's one thing in your mind that you really enjoyed in your life this past year? Just think. You got something? All right, now I want you to think of one thing that was really, really difficult in this past year, something that was really hard for you. And when you think of something, then I just want you to put your hand up, something that was really difficult, and leave your hand up until most everybody has something. No, keep your hands up. You didn't? Something difficult. Did you have something difficult in your life this year that you remember? And I just want you to keep your hands up. I want you to just look around because I just want you to realize none of us are alone. We all have difficulties in our life, right? You can put your hands down now. We have good times and we have hard times. And one of the things that God walked us through um, this last year um, was uh, an opportunity to walk through the book of James. And we walked through that um, February through April. And then we came back after Easter and finished it up. And studying through James helped us to remember, again, the trials. And being under that trial, as God works in our lives, we need to stay under it. Not try to run away, not try to get rid of it as quickly as we can. As men, but even some women, we try to solve issues. So if there's an issue, my first instinct, my wife tells me she's having a bad day, I'm going to tell her how to solve it. We shouldn't do that with our trials. God wants us to stay under it, to trust him, to look to him. If he has a solution, then to be obedient with that. And so we walked through that. We started our year off with stewardship, stewardship 2019. Next week, we'll start a new series um, called 2020 Vision, all right? And it will deal with stewardship, and we're going to walk through what that looks like uh, individually as God's stewards, but also as a church and what that needs to look like as we walk obediently with him. In May, we took a little break, and after Easter, Monday, Thursday, we enjoyed that, that uh, time, reflective. It's a reflective service um, and uh, has quickly become my second favorite service of, of uh, the whole year. Um, Christmas Eve is my favorite still. Monday, Thursday is very, very somber. It, 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 makes, it makes us think. And so after Easter celebration that next Sunday morning, we looked through and looked at the church. And one of the things that we did 
And I praise the Lord for helping guide us and direct us as we honored some of those in our past who have been so faithful. And many of those have gone home to be with the Lord uh, since we did that in May. And so it was uh, that last Sunday I talked about passing the torch. And I think that's critical of where we're going in 2020. And so we looked at the church, and we're going to look more at the church in 2020. As uh, I haven't said it for sure, but I believe that we're going to be walking through the book of Acts in 2020 as a church. We then, in July, uh, went through uh, the great prophet Jonah, right? And I hope that that was an encouragement to you. Jonah, with July through September, uh, we got to see this character and this guy who, uh, who God used even in spite of his uh, struggles and even in spite of his uh, reluctant uh, obedience. And uh, we did twice during this past year. We, we called it Psalms, Prayer, and Praise. And we did it in February, and then we did it again in September. February, we went through Psalm 90 through 95. In September, we did Psalm 145 through 150. And we've had, we had men who would uh, come, and they would read that psalm, and then they would pray that psalm into our lives, and that God would work in our hearts and our lives according to what the written word of God was saying. And then we just, we just sang and gave glory to God. It was a great, great different service, two services that we really got to pray, uh, pray more corporately. Um, as a church, and then reading the, the word together in a more fashionable way. I shared a little bit. We, we spent, uh, there were eight different missionaries who came throughout the year who spent time with us, and uh, we actually ended last year with a missionary, the Postumas, uh, who are over in Romania, and, uh, and then that incorporated all throughout the year different times, and our theme was across the street, and around the world, that banner that's over there with the globe. And uh, I'll, I'll touch on that in just a moment, too. Then we went to Thanksgiving. We were in, uh, in November. And then we went through a series called The Light and talking about Jesus. And I did something that I've never done, and that was having the children up. And we walked through Advent and just uh, uh, remembering and uh, looking forward to the coming of Jesus. And so... Um, when we think back to the year, this is how I would sum it up. I think, it, I think we talked a lot about our, our, our faith, especially as we walked through James, but even as we walked through Jonah and we looked at the church, uh, the Psalms that we looked at, um, when we looked and we heard from the missionaries as they shared with us, we, we heard a lot about faith, how we live it out. And ultimately, is God our priority you know, through obedience, through trust, through praise, through thanksgiving. Um, I think the second part of that that we saw and, and that continues to kind of resonate in my heart, my soul, is how do I view and treat other people? You know, when we walked through Jonah and the realization of how Jonah viewed the Ninevites, um, I, I was heartbroken because that's, that was me. There was so much of Jonah as we walked through that series that, that I actually, when I was done preaching that series, I was exhausted because there was so much of me that God has been work, was working on. And so how do we view, how do we treat other people? 
And I think overall, I think we would have stories, we would talk about this, but how the church views and treats people has not been real good over the ages. And I think that's something that we have to continue to ask God to help us with as a church, as West Hill. How do we treat one another? How do we view one another? Do we see each other as, as followers of Jesus Christ, imperfect people who are at times hurting, struggling, walking through difficulty? Or do we expect one another to be perfect and to treat me with kindness and respect and treat me the way that I would want to be treated? Well, see, we're all selfish in that, right? And we all are demanding, and sometimes it's hard to see with our lenses. And so I think as I review through this last year and as we look forward to the future too, um, that's why we're going to look at how the early church uh, was organized and how God used them. Uh, I believe that it's, it is critical that we continue to remember and to think, how, how does Jesus look at me? How does God view me? How does he see me? And how does that change how I view and treat other people? It's critical. It's critical. So that's thinking back. Now, let's think forward a little bit. And uh, if you have your Bibles, if you turn them to the book of John, there's going to be three passages that I, that I share with you this morning. And uh, as we think about moving forward, um, there's this passage in John, John 15. And there's three things that I want to give you this morning. The first is that as we think about moving forward, I think ultimately it can be summed up in this. The first one is abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ. And we see this in John 15 verses 4 and 5. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. As we walk with Christ, and as we look forward to a new year, I don't think it's necessarily pursuing good works. I think we need to do good works because it shows our faith. All right, We walked through that in James. Good works does not save us. It's what Jesus did that allows us to be saved from eternity, separated from God. Our good works show our faith in Jesus. Sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our good works that that becomes a focus instead of Jesus. Jesus is always the focus. If you walk through the scriptures, and ultimately you see that not only in the New Testament, you see it in the Old Testament. There's a call to look forward. There's a call to the coming Messiah. There's a call to the one who God will send Jesus, the, the one who will save his people from their sins. And when Jesus walks the face of the earth and he shares his life with the disciples and as he preaches and teaches, he continually emphasizes the need to abide in him, to be with him. I think sometimes we make it so complex and even with all of the tools that we have, we make it more difficult than what it needs to be. We need, you need, I need in this new year 
to abide in Christ. And if I'm abiding in him, I can walk forward confidently. I can be secure and I can be at peace. That he's going to show me and he's going to direct us and he's going to guide us. But I must abide in him. I must stay there at his feet in his word by the cross, as Andrew shared. The foot of the cross. We must abide in Christ. Number two, uh, we need to keep maturing. Flip over, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. The writer of Hebrews is talking about, at the end of chapter 5, those who have um, kind of brought a different um, gospel, a different religion. And so he starts in chapter 6, verse 1. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, and of instruction about washing and laying on hands. What he's saying is, listen, you need to focus upon growing. Stop going and going and rehearsing the things that are elementary. And I think sometimes, even as adults, we know adults who are fully grown in their bodily structure who are not mature. If you go out shopping, you see that. It's absolutely amazing. I struggled with some of my driving in the past week and a half or so. Used to be when I was taught. Anyway, uh, it's frustrating when you're in the left lane, right? If you're going slow, move over. I'm sorry. I apologize. God is working on me, maturing me, saying, Aaron, is it really that important? Why are you making a big deal? Why do you get so upset? Maturing. Maturing never should stop for us. There's always parts of us that fall short. That's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus is sufficient for all that we need, and we need to continue to abide in him. But, man, we must continue to strive to mature and not allow the things that were not important before to become important again. Listen, we've got to make the most important things the most important. We've got to continue to keep maturing. So we must abide in Christ, and we must keep maturing as individuals and as a church. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect because none of us are. We need to give grace because we'll all continue to make mistakes. There's not one of you who sit here today who are going to make the right decision or speak the right word or do the right thing every single time in this new year. So you need to give yourself grace. You need to know that Jesus paid it all. But don't continue to excuse your sin and be a child, but grow up. And so when you make a mistake, you make it right. You ask the Lord as you're abiding in him, Lord, how can I make this right? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to say? How would you have me to make this right? Not so that I look good, but that you would look good, Lord so that you would be honored.
through this. The third is to declare. Uh, flip over, if you would, to Psalm 96, verse 3. This is the banner that's out in the foyer that uh, is now, this verse is on our business cards. We put it on our business cards this last year. Psalm 96, verse 3, I believe it's a psalm that we can take and use and utilize as a church and really is kind of our thrust as we are walking with Christ. We want to do this. Psalm 96, verse 3, it says, Declare his glory amongst the nation, his marvelous works among all the peoples. When we think about this, as we're abiding in Christ and allowing him to guide us and to mold us, and as we're maturing and growing in our faith and our trust and our obedience, as we're growing in our joy and our peace and our understanding of seeing God work in only ways God could, we have this awesome opportunity that God wants all of us as his followers to do, and that is to declare to tell others. And we do that through the way that we act, the way that our body language is, but it also is through our words. The psalmist is very clear here. Declare, declare his glory amongst the nation, his marvelous works amongst all the people. And if you go to that next verse, which is not up on the screen for you, but I'll read it for you. It says, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. We get to praise our God. We get to share and declare his glory because God is like none other. God is real. And how does your life reflect that? And how does that show that? If you're abiding in Christ, that becomes much easier to declare. Evangelism, sharing Christ with others, evangelism happens naturally as we abide and as we grow in Christ, as we mature. But if you're not abiding in Christ, then evangelizing and sharing others to others about Christ will become more difficult for you because it's something that you have to try to well up instead of it just happening naturally because it's happening in your heart because out of your heart springs forth the things that are important, the, the, the time and energy that you've put in. So if Jesus is there at the center, if he's your life, then that is just going to come out like a well, it's just going to happen and you're going to declare. You're going to declare God, not yourself. You're going to declare God, not what we've accomplished. We're going to declare God because he's worthy of all of our praise. So how will you spend this new year? Um, I wrestle back and forth between um, making New Year's resolutions, mainly because I've failed so many times I hate failing, so I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. I don't know that that's a good thing either because it's good just to try something. I was reading an article about um, a gym who, uh, who brings in all kinds of equipment uh, for the first 10 days of January, and then by the 10th day in January, they move all that extra stuff back out. What does that tell you? Hmm. People aren't real good in following through, right? They start off fast, they start off quick, but they struggle with continuing. Uh, listen, it is the Lord that gets the honor for this. It is a privilege to have been here at West Hill now for over 20 years and to know that, okay, we're, we just didn't start something quick. 
but we're continuing to see God's faithfulness. And I think we, we, when we look back over this last year and the years past, we continue to see the hand of God working in our lives and in the lives of his, his people and the people of our community. And one of those ways is through children's ministries. And I'm telling you, I'm super, super excited. God is working, and I think, I think we, we kind of have gotten used to it in a way. But the fact that we can minister to so many families and so many children in our community, it's awesome. It is, it is awesome, and it's something that we must continue to ask the Lord what that looks like. And so in May, when we have our pre-family community um, carnival that we look forward to every year, uh, and, and if the weather's bad, then God's going to work it out. And we might have to be creative and come up with some different ideas, but we know that God's got it, just like we did this last year. And we had people, we were busting at the seams for that day. It was crazy. And yet we are having to rethink and to really trust and ask the Lord, what does this look like? So, so because we have so many people that it's hard to do something, do we just not do it? Do we keep it the same? Do we adjust? Lord, what do you want? And so as we think about this new year, again, we must keep the focus where it needs to be. And that focus isn't about you. It's not about what goals you want to accomplish. It's not about pursuing what you think you need to do. It's about pursuing the one who knows exactly what you need. There are people throughout um, my years of ministry who have asked me, Pastor, can you tell me what the Lord's will is? What decision should I make? What should I do? And the older, and the older that I've gotten, the more I realize it's about abiding in Christ. If you're walking with Christ, he will show you. And I don't think we need to be fearful or that we need to um, be scared of whatever decisions that we need to make. I think we need to trust because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us one of power, of a sound mind. We can trust him. We can trust God if we're walking with him and abiding in him. Our focus on him, we can walk forward confidently. How will you spend this next year in luxury, satisfying yourself and your own wants? Man, I'm so guilty of this. There, there are times when I view and see all that I have, and I'm so overwhelmed with the fact that, that yes, God has blessed me immensely, but why would I think that I need to have more? Ultimately, I think a lot of that deals with the inner part of our heart and our soul. We, we are striving to get something that this world will not give us. Our souls long for something more that this world cannot provide. And that is a walk every day with Jesus. I don't know what your home looks like. I don't know... Uh, some of you, I know what your homes look like, but I don't know what's in your home. I don't know what you have and what you don't have. We, we are immensely blessed. 
And we have a lot of stuff. Maybe I shouldn't say this right after Christmas. We, we are. We have so much stuff. And so part of what I want us to explore in the month ahead is looking at this. How are we going to spend this new year continuing to gather more stuff for us, for ourselves, more great memories. And I'm not saying vacation or traveling is bad. I think it's awesome to see God's creation and the world that he's created to enjoy the time with each other is critical. We're at a pace where we live in a world that's constantly going, so taking time is, is, is important. But is your mindset, your heart set, are you striving to be fulfilled in luxury. So the next time you go to the store, ask yourself, do I really need that? With that, are you waiting and listening and obeying? Who? Who are you waiting on? You're waiting for that person who you're upset with to come and apologize to you? Who wronged you? who you have every right to be upset with? What are you listening to? I tell my kids that what you put in will come out. And that's why I've encouraged them to only listen to Christian music. Just because I believe, do I know other songs that are not Christian? Did I grow up always listening to Christian music? No. Christian music was a lot different back when I was growing up. You know, Steve Green, if you know him, he was hard back then. Like that was, that was my freshman year in college. Steve Green, you weren't allowed to listen to. Crazy. And, and then I got on this board, this uh, advisory board, and uh, it's funny. Funny what the school allows now compared to back then. We weren't allowed to have facial hair, you know, because Jesus didn't have facial hair, right? <laughs> anyway. Part of it is, is what, what are we listening to? What are you putting in? As we are striving to walk with Jesus, we can't serve two masters. There's only one. And if Jesus is the one that we're abiding in, if he's the one that we're, we're allowing to change us and to work in us and to mature us, and if he's the one that we want to declare then we need to listen to him and we need to be putting things in that are going to help us to grow. Uh, back several months ago, um, I started listening. I had taken a break, but I started listening to sports radio, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not being judgmental here today. I'm just giving you an illustration for me. I was listening to sports radio, area sports radio, which is great. Part of that was the hype of a certain team that we thought was going to be really good. And so got really excited in that. And then things quickly became um, not so good. And all of a sudden I realized that I was allowing this input to kind of, I, I didn't feel good. You're listening to this and you're kind of like, okay, why? I get it at the end of the day. Why is my day like blah? It's because at certain points I allowed that feeding into me. And you're probably stronger than me, so it won't affect you in the way it does me. But for me, I realize, I'm like, I, I can't listen to this anymore. i got to take a break from this because it's always negative. 
And so that led to negativity in my mind and my heart. And so I made some changes. That doesn't mean I don't ever listen to sports radio. I will not listen to it for the next couple days. I know that. Um, It's a tough defeat last night, but I'm thankful that my hope is in Jesus. And if I'm abiding in him and as I walk with him, we need to listen to the spirit as the spirit's leading and talking to you. He's saying, hey, you know what? This probably isn't the best for you. This isn't what I have intended for you. Listen to him. It's not a bunch of rules or regulations that we're going to set as a church. That doesn't work. The law, Paul says in Romans, the law causes you to sin. I believe that. I saw that in college. I love my college. It was a great experience. I love the church that I grew up in. It was a great church. But I grew up underneath the hand of legalism. That's why I fight and I'm so adamant against it. Legalism does not draw you closer to God. I believe legalism pulls you away from him because it's a bunch of rules and regulations that man makes in order to try to make ourselves feel good or to achieve God's love. God loves you as much as he does today as he will for all of eternity. He loves you. We do what we do because we love him. Not because I'm trying to achieve his love, but because I see how much he loves me and because I read in his word how he cares for me and what he desires for me. So I want to be obedient and I want to be careful and set things in my life that are going to help me abide in him, that are going to help me to keep maturing, that are going to help me to declare his glory. In closing, where does the church fit in all of this for you? What role do you and others have in aiding you to pursue abiding in Christ, in maturing, in declaring? Where does the church fit in? God's word tells us pretty clearly the church is the living organism that he is going to use and that he is going to work through. It is critical to us as followers of Jesus Christ More so, I believe, today than any other time in America's history, we need the church to be what God wants the church to be. I can't change any other churches. I love our area churches. I pray for them, and I encourage you to pray for them too as we desire to reach our community with Jesus Christ. We're not in competition with them. They are our brothers and sisters. If you're here at West Hill, God's called you here. We must commit to uniting together, to build one another up, to fellowship, to worship, and to share Jesus with one another and those outside of these walls. The living organism that God has promised he will work through is the church. And so how does the church fit into your plans for 2020? that coming each Sunday faithfully? Awesome. That's great. There's a couple Sundays that are always a little discouraging for us and harder for us and our family, especially Lisa and I, as we kind of talk through the years. We love Easter, but that Sunday after Easter, it's like, blah. 
where is everybody? How come everybody came for one Sunday? Well, we can't allow that to dictate how we feel. This Sunday here, there's a great group here. Thank you for being here. And I'm not trying to preach to the choir, but the Sunday after Christmas, why? Because there's so many who will come for a Sunday who will come with family, and we're really, really thankful that they come. And we want to continue to encourage them to come. But what does the church look like for you? Is it something that you have to keep track of that you say, you know what, I did my weekly duty? Or is it something that you can't wait to be here because you know God is going to do something? That doesn't mean it's not hard to get out of bed. doesn't mean that there's some Sundays that you just don't want to be here. But there's an inner part of your soul that says the church is what God is going to work through and I don't want to miss what he has for me. And that may be through a person, an individual, a circumstance, or the service. There's some great things that have already been started to be planned for 2020. And I think as Christians, as Christ followers, We've continued to make excuses and we've put other priorities in front of the church. And as a pastor, I'm here to say it's time to stop. It's time to stop because it's not going to finish. Well, I'm just going to go, okay, where does the church fit in? Where's the living organism that God said he wants to work through and work in? So you ask the Lord, what does that look like for you? And how does the church help you Abide in Christ? How does the church help you mature? And how does the church help you declare the goodness of God and his glory amongst all the nations? I'm excited about the year ahead. God's good, is he not? Amen? Don't, don't be fooled. Don't think that, that you're not an important part. Every single one of you are. And let me encourage you that God has a role for each of you. And while that may not be standing here preaching or teaching, there's an important role that God has for you in 2020 to do his work. That's not only through the church, but it must start in a church. Guys, I'm super, super excited to see what God's going to do. We, we are in a place as a church um, where, where we've seen the hand of God, and I think God is working, and we're going to be challenged in the days ahead. I've already been challenged. I'm getting older, which two things happen as you get older. Well, a couple more things, too, but one is you forget things. Two, you become settled into things where you don't like to change and then you come up with excuses of why it's so good and why you shouldn't change. And I've already been challenged in that in some ways, in some areas. And I think we're going to be challenged in some ways ahead, which is good. It's good. And we can be confident if we're abiding in Christ, if we're maturing, asking him to grow us, that, that we can declare his glory to one another and amongst the nations. So we can't do that without the Lord's help. So will you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord's guidance and help. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather here in this place today. Thank you for the privilege of worshiping you, worshiping you through our lips. But Lord, I pray much more so that today 
it isn't just about our lips. It isn't just about being here in, in, in our bodies. But, Lord, that our hearts will be sensitive enough to you that we would allow you to speak to us and that we would worship you from our hearts. That we would worship you in spirit and in truth. We wouldn't listen to the lies. We wouldn't give in to our own desires, our own flesh, but that, Lord, we would allow you to continue to speak to us today and in the days ahead of this week, that we would be sensitive to what you're calling us to do and how you're calling us to respond, that we may abide in you like we never have before, to be that branch that's attached to the vine where we get our source of strength and nourishment of all that we need in order to produce the fruit that only you can produce. Help us to continue to be people who want to mature. Help us to love people the way you want us to love them. Help us to think and to act and to be how and who you want us to be as your body and give us strength and give us patience Lord, help us as others may wrong us or do things that we don't like or in our eyes we see as failure. May we see them as your refinement and may we show them grace and mercy and love just like you show us grace and mercy and love. Help us not to expect perfect people. Thank you, Lord, that we have the great privilege of declaring who you are. Not only in this church and in this building, but we get to declare to the nations how awesome you are. We owe you everything. So, Lord, we come, and I pray that we would be willing as living sacrifices to live out our our lives doing what you've called us to do in this new year. Help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to honor you. Help us to see how great you are. And we pray this in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ.